This episode is brought to you by AWOM Lab. AWOM Lab is a creative space that offers membership for women entrepreneurs. The membership includes access to a cafe, high-speed Wi-Fi, a small retail store, and a full-service photography and podcast studio. The Lab fosters women's empowerment and is designed to inspire, motivate, and connect women in South Florida. AWOM Lab also has an in-house creative agency that develops content for female-owned brands. Most importantly, the vibe and energy is that of collaboration and hustle. So if you're an entrepreneur looking to kickstart your business, and need a place to work from or event space, make sure to follow AWOM Lab on Instagram. That's A-W-O-M-L-A-B. GGB is a proud member and we can't wait to see you at the lab. See you there. Girls Gone Boss is a driven women's guide to love, life, and business. Hosted by the boss ladies, Alex and Gabby. Combined, their network gathers an array of women from various industries who exemplify strength and tenacity. Their fun and positive approach to life will awaken the boss in you. You're listening to Girls Gone Boss. Welcome to Girls Gone Boss. I'm Gabby. And I'm Alex. Hi, Alex. Hey, Gabby. First of the month. Yes. I can't believe we're in November. I can't believe the year's almost over. It's flown by, especially since we first started. Seriously. Like, we're almost at a year. I know. Doing the podcast. And like three years of hustling. Behind the scenes to still keep hustling. (laughs) But yeah, I mean, any new goals this month? You know, I'm just really excited for the holidays to come and spend time with my family. I haven't had any time with family in almost a year since we've been going crazy with work and yeah, the podcast. Yeah, because we have to sometimes do weekends yeah. and late nights. And I know I'm looking forward to just relaxing, disconnecting from my phone and just appreciating time with family too and the kids. Same. Because yeah, I'm all the little so ones. tired. I just want to like not think about anything. But then... Isn't it like, isn't it your brain just automatically goes to start thinking about things anyway, right? So like, you <laughs> yeah, can't but like more really of a, a leisure. Like, right, right, right. You know right. I mean? yes, like, like on a beach. Ha- yeah, like, because during that time, there, there's not going to be a lot of emails. Right. Everybody's kind of like winding down to like just go on vacation. So are you going anywhere? Um, I definitely want to take my mom to Paris. So Ooh. I hope to do that. Yeah. And then I want to do like New York. And I love New York in the holidays. I think it's, <clears throat> excuse me. During November, December, it's still not that cold. You can still be like, you know, coming from Miami, you can still kind of like rock your like big sweaters and jackets, but still not freeze to death. I love to go to New York at least once a year in the wintertime. Right. And then all the lights and the decorations. It's just like, it's holidays is like New York. Yeah. Miami, you can't really like feel like you're holiday. No, it's like you go to the beach. Exactly. Like one one year I did like Christmas Day on the beach. Did you really? Yeah. I mean, I'm from Miami. What are you going to do? I don't know. But anyways, today we're going to be talking to such an amazing woman that we met at the Females for Profit event that we just did with Bethany. And it was so amazing to meet her because she has such a great vibe. And just talking to her, it just, wow. She's been giving for a very long time. So Jamie Levinshawn Nyman stems from a property management background and began her career in corporate facility management for one of the 10 largest commercial banks in the U.S., overseeing the facility management programs for 365 branches across five states. She then spent the next seven years developing her property management skills firsthand through the managing of high-rise luxury condominiums in the heart of downtown Miami. 
However, Jamie's greatest accomplishment besides raising her seven-year-old daughter, Abigail, is being the director and co-founder of 100 Women Who Care, an organization consisting of like-minded women who come together quarterly to raise funds and awareness for local nonprofits. The organization has since raised over 150000 for local charities in Miami. Welcome, Jamie. Hi. Welcome to today. I feel like today's a caring day. It's it such is. a caring day. We're going to be focusing on all about giving and philanthropy and all of the things that you are an expert in. And I feel like it's 150000 but you said combined with the chapters down here, it's a yes. lot more. Well, actually, so we are one of five chapters in South Florida. Um, when I started out in the corporate world, I reached out to a lot of women in the real estate business and I wanted to know what they were doing because I wanted to follow their lead. So actually Melody Spano and Beth Azor, who are both in the real estate world, uh, they had opened up 100 Women Who Care South Florida. And at that time it was only one chapter. And when I met with them, I said, I can't go to West Palm Beach to care. I want to care in Miami. And I just thought it was something that would... Miami, everyone's networking in Miami. People want to go out during the week. People want to meet other people, whether it's women or whether it's men. They want to get together for causes. So having constantly been involved in a lot of different philanthropic organizations, it's one of those things where it's like, I want to care about them all and I want to give to everyone, but you can also break the bank by doing that. So this platform just really spoke to me because it was four meetings a year, four hours a year, resulting in $10,000 a quarter for a local organization. And what's so great about it is we're, we're really like headhunters for local organizations that don't have marketing dollars. They, you know, are a little bit more in the shadows doing great work within their neighborhoods. And we bring them into the light and we help them out by giving them grants. So we have Miami, we have Broward, which is a uh, also a male chapter. So we have 100 men who care. And then we have our West Palm Beach. We have two chapters, North and South. So between five chapters, we're almost at a million dollars in giving. Wow. Yeah. That's Fantastic. huge. Congrats. Thank you. And the concept is just genius. It's so genius it because, is. okay, break it down for our listeners. Quarterly, you all meet, a hundred yes. of you, each chapter meets individually, right? Yes. And then each of the women give a hundred dollars on that meeting. Yes. And then the pitching starts. Yeah. So the way that it works and actually how it started was there was a woman named uh, Karen Dunigan. She was the mayor in Jackson, Michigan. So just to, to give you an idea, from Michigan to Miami, uh, she was the mayor and she was always involved in so many philanthropic you know, organizations. And she saw that there was a need for baby cribs. And there was a local organization that really needed baby cribs because, you know, in in inner cities where they can't afford cribs, they're sleeping in bed with babies. They're putting them in dresser drawers. So she wanted to raise money for them and she wanted to do it fast. So what did she do? She called her network of women and she said, we're going to meet at this location, bring a check for $100. And in one hour, they collected $12,800 resulting in 300 baby cribs. So wow. she, I know, I get goosebumps. <laughs> so she then spread that all throughout Michigan. And then people started hearing about it. And you have a sister in California. Well, we have like five chapters in California. And then that person has a cousin in Chicago. And we have chapters in Chicago. So it really was, it's word of mouth. There's no marketing dollars. There's no corporate structure to it. It's just 
I'm a woman who cares. I want to open up a chapter. If it doesn't exist in my county, then I'm going to open one up. And really the same, the same thing, just getting women together in a room to hear about their community. So women pay $100 a quarter, and that money goes directly to the organization. We don't hold any money, uh, which is why we have $0 for marketing. So thank you for having us on the <laughs> podcast today. Uh, so how do we get the nonprofits? Our members submit them. So if you're a woman who cares, you pay $400 commitment a year, you can submit your favorite charity. And at our meeting, we select three at random, and those three get to do a five-minute pitch, which is really huge if you think about it. Because if you're a, a small local nonprofit and you get to stand up in front of a group of women and talk about what it is that you do, that's, I mean, that's free marketing. Uh, and then our members get to vote. So at the meeting, you come, you give, you leave knowing exactly where your money went. It's a majority, a majority vote? It's a majority that, vote. Okay. Yeah. And it's always so close. Oh. And what's beautiful is a lot of our women, even if the charity didn't win, sometimes they'll want to, you know, there's volunteer opportunities. And I think the best thing about it is if you don't win, you can just go again the next quarter. Exactly. And you can keep resubmitting yourself every every year for, for more funds. And- Sorry. And these companies are also like putting themselves out there. So like now a hundred new people know about their business or their, their, um, nonprofit. Right. Mm -hmm. So that's great. Mm -hmm. So regardless, it's a win-win. And what people don't realize in Miami is sometimes we hear about these bigger nonprofits because we're going to their galas, we're going to their events, and there's like this sense of fun about them. And it really, sometimes people like, you know, look, I, I've done it for business where I have a client of mine or I want to meet a certain crowd of people. So I'll go to a certain gala and pay for that seat. But there's thousands of nonprofits in Miami and most of them you haven't heard about, but they're doing really great work. So this is really for those local organizations that, that really need the funding. Well, I feel too like you've had really hands-on experience with these nonprofits, correct? I do. You told me at the event that you had worked with some women that were incarcerated. And I love the story. So can you share a little bit about that? So there was an organization called LEAP, which I love the name, Ladies Empowerment and Action Plan. And so they were submitted into our pot and they won the grant. The way that their program works is they work with women who are actually incarcerated uh, at Homestead Correctional here in Miami, and they help these women along with Barry University to create a business plan. Now, are you going to have a thriving business when you get out of jail? Probably not, but the mentality of the entrepreneurial spirit, I think, is really inspiring, and these women have something to do while they're in there. So they won our grant and then they had asked me, we want you to be our keynote speaker at one of our graduating classes. And I had said uh, to them, how can I speak about something or empower women that I have no idea what their struggle is? I've I've never been in jail. Um, So they asked, well, do you want to go into jail? And I said, don't tell my parents, but yes, I do want to go into jail. So I actually spent a couple hours, you go through a very extensive 
orientation and training to know the dangers of going into jail. But were you going in there just to meet with some of them or like? I was going in to meet it. So it's a classroom style, but still when you're in there, you're in there. And when you're walking to that classroom, you're walking by some women who are not in this program that might not be, you know, the friendliest. So I learned a lot about it. It was very scary. And one thing that I appreciated about the process was I, you know, they advise you not to dress a certain way, you know, no makeup, no jewelry. I didn't have my phone on me. I I was so, I was probably the most present I've ever been because I was stripped away from everything. And these women, and this gives me the goosies, um, they are the most present women in, in I, I mean, I've never been around such present women who really are focused on themselves because if they're not focused on this work, then what are they focused on? Being in jail. And it's pretty dark there. So these women shared their stories, their struggles with me. We talked about all different topics, knowing that even if I'm not in jail, I'm still a woman and I still have my own struggles. So I think that sometimes we connect over success, which is a beautiful thing. But I also think that it's so empowering when we connect over the struggles that we go through and we keep it real. Well, I think that's the best way to connect because yeah. it's not every day you're having a great day or um, and some topics, you know, that you may think you're the only one going through, but you happen to like share it with someone and then you find out like, oh my God, she was going through the same thing and she survived it or, you know, she's still here or she's still like going strong. So it kind of gives you like just perspective on like you're not alone. And also these women when they get out. So one of the one of the success stories, uh, Rebecca Brown, we call her cafe. She came <laughs> cafe. to speak. She's awesome. You'll definitely meet her at our next meeting. Uh, she came to speak about, you know, because after the charity wins the grant, they come back at the next meeting to say where the money went to. So that way we can hold them accountable and we can know that the money did not go to any administrative overhead and that it went to actual programming. So Rebecca came out to speak and she was just, she's a boss. Okay. You need to have her on this podcast. She took her mess and made it her message. This woman came out and spoke to a room full of people saying, I was in jail and now I'm not. And this is what I'm doing. She had a job. She was a, she's a chef at Camilla's house. And now she actually sits on the board of the actual organization. So Office Depot Foundation um, at first, and then me personally have sponsored her membership. And what we say to her is, you know, Rebecca, you have to pay it forward. So we're going to sponsor your membership, but you are going to nominate a charity of your choice. And you're going to get up there and speak about that charity. And you're going to go get a grant for someone else. And she did. She she actually put in an organization called Transition, which is a similar program where they help transition um, youth and adults out of, out of jail. And they won the grant. And it was because of her. So it was so empowering, you of know, course. and our women just, you know, they loved the fact that we're really a group of real women. We're very colorful. We appreciate diversity and we mix together business women, donors, stay-at-home mommies, uh, and then the actual executive directors and people in the nonprofit themselves because they see it as for $400, it's a donation, A, and B, they get to have this like network of women rooting for them. 
And you don't have to give it in full for $100. It's just every quarter you give $100 or how does it work? So I wish that I could say it's $100 a quarter, but I've been urging women to just do the $400 if they can, just because if not, then I have to play collections. And we really want to make sure that when these charities win, we're giving them the grant right away. Because if, you know, right now we're having to wait two or three months because we're having to collect. And I understand, you know, we're all busy and sometimes it's hard Um, you know, I haven't even made reservations for, uh, you know, I'm supposed to be going somewhere tomorrow with a group and I haven't, I haven't even made reservations yet. So we're always so busy and I feel like it's, it's hard for us women to just stop, pause and say, you know what, right now, this five minutes, the most important thing for me to do is give to charity. And sometimes I think we're just running so fast that we forget. Right. And how is it that we can make it more of our lifestyle? I know you come from a philanthropic family. Um, your grandmother was a champion in all of this or is yes. a I love champion that story. in all of this. So my grandmother, her name is Gaga, and she is the original Lady Gaga. <laughs> the OG. I told her about the podcast, and I just have to make everyone giggle. I put on the group family chat, I'm going to be on this podcast, Girls Gone Boss. And my mom says, oh, make sure that you tape it or ask them to tape it. And my sisters chime in and they're like, it's a podcast, mom. It's, <laughs> it's, that's what it is. Oh, my grandmother, the original Lady Gaga, says dope. <laughs> no, that's so can terrible. I see this? This yes. is too funny. You, you She'll show it to us. In so a bit. my grandmother, uh, she is my inspiration. She's my backbone of all of this. Uh, she was a female business owner in Miami in the 50s and 60s. So that typically was a rarity at that point. And she just really believed in empowerment of women. Um, she was very strong. She had an art gallery. It was called Gallery Rita. And she always gave back. It was so important to her. She remembers, she tells me the stories of when she was working with Project Hope and she got on a plane and went into like went to Columbia in the 70s. And she's just always, whether it's the Miami City Ballet or Gal, she just always was involved. And I think that when you're involved in the community and you are in the for-profit sector, it really puts a stamp on who you are. And, you know, nowadays too, when you do interviews, most of the time interviews and, re I mean, resumes are almost nothing anymore. I don't even know if we're going to even have resumes anymore soon. People want to sit down and have a conversation just like we're having to see not just what you've done and what your history is, but what you care about. And I know that with, you know, people that I work with, I always ask that, you know, before we create a business relationship, like, what's up? What do you do? What do you care about? Uh, and, and it's always a, a much more fun conversation to have. And how can people that want to be involved in philanthropy get more involved? You know, like you said, not everyone may have the funds to just automatically give to every charity that they're interested in, but there could be a way in, to like kind of, you know, involve philanthropy into your lifestyle. Is there any like way that maybe with giving, you know, volunteer time or any other way that we can involve the philanthropy? If you have time, volunteer, they need your help. But also, we're in the age of social media. Just hashtag Miami Charity, 
And if you have a network on your social media, start sharing their events, start sharing what they're doing, connect through social media. That's huge for some of these local nonprofits where they might just have 300 followers or 400 followers. And then all of a sudden, someone that has a larger audience is seeing events and so forth. So use your social, I I use a hashtag social goodness. I like that. That's really cute. That's good. So use some social goodness, you know, spread the message. If you're passionate about it, you know, you're, you might have, uh, you might be a victim of breast cancer, domestic violence, whatever it is. And if you don't have the funds or you don't have the time, that's fine, but you can now share information so quickly. We're in the information age. So that's what I always say is, is leverage your social network. That really helps. How do you find time yourself though? You, you balance so many things. I, you know, Someone who has impacted me greatly is the wonderful, lovely Luli B. Um, she wrote the book, uh, Balance Is. Can we curse? Yes. Okay. Balance is bullshit. And Luli is a dear friend of mine and has been in the women movement forever. She has her very big female uh, events that she throws. And, you know, it's always stuck with me. Balance is bullshit. You know, I I do everything that I love. If there's things that I don't love, um, I have intention with that to say to myself, this isn't good for me. It's not feeding my soul. It's taking away from something or I feel negative after I'm doing it. So, you know, that's that's pretty much what I do. But also I've cultivated a culture within my for-profit job and with my clients where they're rooting me on. They want me to do all this stuff. They're happy that I'm doing it. So, uh, you know, my husband, as long as, you know, I, I package some like little meals for him and I'll leave him a little goodie bag of treats. He's like my biggest fan, you know, and before when I was, you know, single divorced, it was just a way to feed my soul. You know, I think that sometimes we can tend to get dark in our lives when we go through struggles. So I always say, I don't like to sit in the darkness for too long. I love that. But I will, because I think we all deserve to to be depressed once in a while, just have the strength to get up. And those days are my hibernation days. So I take my hibernation days once or twice a month and it refuels me. And so part of the work is about like fueling your soul then. It's it kind of well, like, yeah. it's your passion, obviously. but it's, it's your passion, but it's also perspective. You know, I think that sometimes, uh, you know, there was a great article and, and I forget exactly where it was, but it said, when something bad happens to you, like let's say you had a, a family member that passed away. And sometimes we tend to come from a place of I. So we'll say, oh, you know, I went through that too. And my, no one wants to hear your story. I'm in the middle of my story. So I think that sometimes we're such empathetic creatures that we want to be able to relate to one another, which is a beautiful thing. But I think that also it's about getting perspective of things that we know nothing about. Uh, For instance, the scariest thing for me is sex trafficking, uh, children being abducted. It's the scariest thing. I'm a mother. It freaks me out. And it's very real and prevalent. Especially in Miami and we're in the, the United second, States, we're in the se- we're the second largest here in Miami for yeah. for ch- for children sex trafficking. A lot of people don't abduction. know that, so they're not aware of it. Yeah, they think it's something that happens mm-hmm. overseas. No, it, it's happening yeah. in our neighborhood. Not only that, we you know I urged myself to face my fears on that, so I reached out to Tony Sparks from Phantom Rescue. Tony has brought home fifty one American children, so we not only funded them, but 
I have been such a fan of his. And not only that, he's gone out, he's jumped out of the planes. He's, you know, I mean, he was in, he was in special forces and he retired from the military and went into rescuing these kids. But beyond that, it's the prevention. So now he's come out with this platform called Captain Rescue. And it's to go into these schools and to teach these kids little things that they can learn at a young age of how to stay away from stranger danger. You know, my daughter knows if we're ever in an airport and you get lost, what do you do? I run to the nearest cash register where someone's working and I tell them 786. I'm not going to say my number, (laughs) but she knows my number by heart and she's known that since she was three. So there's the prevention piece and then there's actually funding the cause. And I think that prevention is really an amazing thing, but once we're aware, we need resources. So, you know. In order to put it into action. Correct. So we have problems, but we need solutions. And a lot of these nonprofits are providing solutions. They're just really underfunded. Right. To, to kind of just work on the problem. Right. Wow. I mean, this has to be um, amazing work for you, just even like in your network. Like you must have met so many amazing women along the way, um, including Bethany, which you told me and told Alex about the fact that you mentor her mm-hmm. and how mentorship has you know, really been a part of your life, not only to be a mentor, but obviously you have mentors yourself. And I love that you're such a girl's girl and that you're so confident in like give in sharing resources and like helping other women come up and seeing potential in other women. How, what advice would you give, you know, people that want to be mentors and How did you become this person? Well, I would say the most powerful thing is let people surpass you. I always tell Bethany, I'm going to be your biggest fan always, you know? And I remember when Bethany was in hospitality, I had said to her, like, you need to get into real estate. You need to focus on that. And not only that, like she became a part of my family. My family, my, my stepmother has been in real estate for many years. And she also was like helping her along and rooting her on. And I always say, when you become a mentor, sometimes it's an ego thing where you're the mentor and you're the one that's aiding them in their success. But you also have to let them be free and let them surpass your success. You know, I always tell Bethany, the best day of my life is when you become a multimillionaire and I could be like, you're taking me on vacation. (laughs) (laughs) But it's also that. I think that sometimes you have to think to yourself, why are you helping? What's your intention behind it? Because sometimes we help because we really actually want to help. And sometimes we help because it feels good and both are okay. You just need to measure when you need to make that switch. And when you need to let go. Got it. And let them become butterflies. No, I think like mentorship is so vital, but it's so little women that want to do it. So it's just admirable that you're like ready to go and take it on and, and be so like supportive with it. Um, I would I, I feel like I have more like guy mentors, but same. like I think it's important to have women who will go through the same stuff. We like have the same issues and just to feel like, wow, I have like a sister that has my back and you know that if I have any questions or any doubts, because sometimes we don't want to like show that we don't know something or that we don't have the answers. Um, so it'd be good to have someone that you can just be like, hey, but hey, I have you, Alex. That's true. I have you. <laughs> and it's also okay to say, I have no idea what I'm doing. Yeah. So one of my first female clients, uh, she's a real estate developer and actually 
was is a part of 100 Women Who Care as well. And I remember cold calling her and I'm like, I need to reach this high, you know, in my career. I need, she needs to be my client. And that was, you know, I don't know, week two of the job. I maybe was shooting a little bit high. <laughs> but when I called her and when she finally gave me the opportunity, the first conversation was, I'm not 100% sure what I'm doing, but I know someone who really does. And that's my partner, my boss, my mentor, my team. And I think that sometimes, I mean, I'm in sales. So I think that sometimes people forget that it's okay to say, I don't have that answer, but let me talk to someone who might. And relinquishing that power, because that's actually a strength when you tell someone I don't know or I'm not sure, or let me think about that. I think that as women, we, and and some men, we're so quick to want to have all the answers when we might not. And it's okay to show that, that you know, you, you aren't sure. And you also want to give the right answer. So shifting that to somebody that might know a little bit better, it's going to be more beneficial for both. Yeah, that's amazing. And so for now, 100 women who care. What if there is like 101? Is it just 100? (laughs) Oh, it's 100 plus. Oh, okay, okay. So (laughs) that's why the plus plus is there. I was like, are you going to like... Like oh, shy no. away people <laughs> no, no, and no, go no. past the hundred. Okay, great. there is no limit on caring. Oh, Actually, great. one of our chapters in the Cayman Islands has four hundred. They raise forty thousand wow. dollars a quarter. So I'm like, wake up, Miami. You know, and sometimes it's so difficult because there's so many people that do wonderful nonprofit work and so many businesses that do nonprofit work. And what I tell them is it's utilize us. We are a platform for yeah, you. Yeah, I didn't know you existed. And right. if I, I used to have an online store which, which had a philanthropic like side to it where we'd give 10% every quarter from whatever we made and we would give it to different charities. So I was able to work with a lot of great charities here in Miami. But imagine I would have known about you. Like there could have been like some cool collaboration, but hey, now we met again. I mean, hey, <laughs> now we're here. But also too for business, Businesses. So one thing that um, actually the Center for Social Change has done, uh, Green Spoon Martyr has done, uh, and a couple other a couple other organizations is they see it as you know if I give a donation of let's say a thousand dollars a year or ten thousand dollars a year to a local organization, what if I cut it four hundred dollars short and I say to that nonprofit, I'm giving you X, but then I'm giving you $400 because I want you to become a part of this 100 Women Who Care so you can submit yourself. The thing with our nonprofits here is you have to teach them to fish. They're not sales experts. So some of these women, a lot of my nonprofits, I'll never forget, it was um, Mega uh, that is an organization that works with uh, actually in the inner city. And they work with families who uh, mom and dad might not, you know, be in the best, you know, place to take care of their young, uh, but the grandparents are. So it really helps the seniors and the kids like with after school care programming and really give them a place to go. So that way they're not on the streets doing bad stuff. And I remember Samantha Quarterman, she got up and she spoke for two minutes and then she like stopped and she froze. And I got up there and all of us women are screaming. We're like, keep going three more minutes. You got this. And she said to me, it's so like, it's scary being in front of all of these women and speaking about something that you're so passionate about. I mean, some of our nonprofits that have won, they've come up and they've just cried, you know, um, team Kareem, 
uh, Arkesha Reese, her son drowned uh, on a school field trip. And so she made such a disaster in her life. Uh, and, and she took Kareem's death into a place of power where she can empower people around her to, you know, in different areas that might not have access to swimming lessons or CPR. And that's what her organization does. And we funded her. It was very hard for her to come up and and talk about something so personal, but I commend her for taking, again, her mess, you know, and turning it into a message. Wow. That has to be so amazing. And how do you like channel that philanthropic, um, just spirit to your daughter my because I feel daughter. like it's coming from family, your yeah. grandmother. So it, it has trickles to continue down. in the legacy. I would My think. daughter, little Miss Abigail Rose, she is, I didn't need to instill that in her. She just came with it. <laughs> she is just a powerful leader herself. And it's not just about the charity, because I think that sometimes young kids don't really understand the idea of giving back. You know, you can. I've taken her before to pack lunches for the homeless or this or that, and I try to make her socially aware of things, but it's also the power to stand up to bullying. You know, there was kids in, in her class that had said something like, you have too much of a high-pitched voice, so we don't want to be friends with you because your voice is too high-pitched. And I said, oh, I was terrified. I wanted to go, you know, beat them up. And I said, and she goes, mom, it's okay. And I'm like, why? And she goes, this is the only voice I have and I'm not going to change it. I said, good for you. Abigail. And she just has a voice. You know, I think that kids, they need to feel confident in knowing that they have a voice too, and they can use that voice for good. And that, you know, it's okay to know that all these gifts that you get on your birthday, I don't like make her give half of her gifts away. That's traumatizing. But I say to her, I'm like, Abigail, what would you say to a child that didn't have this toy? How would you describe it to them? You know, and then one day when it's Christmas or it's Hanukkah or whatever, and we buy gifts for, you know, underprivileged kids, she'll know that feeling because she's already spoken. We've already spoken about it at home. I love it. And I was going to ask you another question regarding the meeting because you so graciously invited us to come by as a business who cares, right? A podcast. Yes, you guys are going to be our 2019 (laughs) podcast that cares. Yay! So it's just, so the, there's two sides of it. So we have our caring partnerships and our businesses that care. So the, and both of them go hand in hand. It's just some of them aren't businesses. Some of them are nonprofits or community organizations. So I've been trying to roll this out for years. It's just so hard when we're trying to get to 100 women. We're trying to get to that $10,000 a quarter. But I have these great ideas and I can't implement them. And the time is now. And so basically what it is, is if you're a business... Uh, I'll give you an example. Abbott Florist, my florist who actually did Bethany's event. Beautiful flowers. Beautiful flowers. Yes. Uh, she's so busy. It's she, The business has been around for 40 plus years and she's taken over. So she's a mom. She has her florist shop. She already has this huge amount of clientele, but she's also running a business as, as, as a woman. And so she doesn't have time to go to charity events. She's got to pick up the kids. She has to go to soccer practice, whatever it is. So she's so busy throughout her day. And she keeps saying, 
I need to do more. I want to do more. This is the way to do more. So we have aligned ourselves with her business. So that way she is going to do some fun stuff for us. But it's not just about the flowers and making, you know, awarding our charities with her beautiful flowers, but it's a way for her to stand up and also on her social media, on her website to align herself and to be able to, for her to have these experiences. So she's going to be at our meetings and it's a way for her to say, these four meetings a year, these four hours are going to be important. And it's on my schedule. It's time that I'm going to do. And the same thing with our, our photographer, you know, Magda. All those pictures that we have is because Magda came up to us and said, I want to shoot you. We never even asked her. And it was when we first started out. And I said, we don't have any money, Magda. Like we have nothing. And she said, you will though, because these pictures are going to say that she's a storyteller. So things like that, like you guys being on a podcast, you have a voice, you have a platform, and you're going to be able to align yourself with our women who are going to be fans of yours. But why are they going to be fans? Is it because of your podcast? Maybe. But is it going to be because you're taking a stand for your community? Probably. No, no one can dislike a business that, you know, does is involved. Yeah. And like you said, you're busy. We're all busy women, but this is four hours a year that you can get involved. Great. I yeah. can't wait. Awesome. So if yeah. anybody out there is like, I want to go to that meeting, what? They just show up? Show up. Yeah? It's free. Can they sign up anywhere? What? Yes. Uh, more information? So, so we have our website, which is 100womenwhocaresouthflorida.org, and you hit on the Miami chapter. And on that website, there is a link to register. There's a link to donate, a link to become a member, and a link to be a charity to submit a charity. So if you want to submit a charity, you fill out the membership form, you fill out the charity application, and then you donate your $400 or your $100. And um, we're also, you know, 100 Women Who Care Miami on Instagram, Facebook, and we e-blast. You know, we try to send out blasts as much as I can. But really, to be honest with you, it's the women who promote us. Our women are our committee. Um, They're the women who are getting other women to get involved. And I always say to each woman, if you could bring one guest, that will make the biggest difference. If we have 50 people in the room and everyone brings one person, we're at 100. I love it. And the great part is that you're going to be awarded soon in a couple of days, right? Yes. Tell us more about that. It was an Oprah moment. It was, it was definitely an Oprah moment. I got a random phone call from an organization that we've never funded. Uh, her name is Terry Cooper. She is, wow, a hero. Uh, the Connection Coalition, they actually used to be called before Yoga Gangsters 305. Yes, I've seen them in Linwood, yes. right? Yes, yes, I'm sure you've seen them. So she has this amazing story. And before she even became a nonprofit, she's like a yogi that cares. And she has a specialized practice of yoga that helps victims who are have any kind of trauma-related um you know, issues, whether it's domestic violence, any kind of abuse, drug rehabilitation. And it's a a practice that she really just, I can't even believe, 17,000 victims, 17,000 kids and people that have gotten this type of rehabilitation through yoga and mindfulness practices. 25 states, she's trained over 3,200 professional yoga instructors on this. So that way, if these yoga instructors know how to do this specialized practice of healing, then 
you know, you can, if you have a yoga studio, you can dedicate an hour or you can go out to, you know, whether it's a, a homeless shelter or a foster care house or like, um, she's worked with women in distress and Lodge Miami. So it was really amazing. Cause I just, she sends me a, a Facebook message and she says, can I talk to you? And I said, sure. So I called her and she said, we're having a gala this year and I want to award you for our connection award. And I'm like, but, but, and she goes, well, you embody connection. You're constantly connecting people. And she saw, you know, you could, I mean, you could have picked anyone. You could have picked Oprah, <laughs> but she understands the, the importance of local giving. And so I'm just so thankful and really excited of course, my mom and my dad were the and first And your one. grandma? And my grandmother. <laughs> Everyone's like, I'm getting my tickets. I want front row. And I'm like, mom, calm down. <laughs> well, congrats on Thank that. You. Thank you. Thank you. And it's happening November 3rd. So I think that's going to be well-deserved. And can Thank people you. just like buy tickets to go to the Yeah. Event? So you can go to theconnectioncoalition.org and they have a yoga mala, which is $25, which is a big, amazing yoga festival during the day. And then they have the gala at night. Beautiful. Yeah. I mean, there's still time for everyone to get a ticket. There's you have still three time. days, guys. Yeah. Hop on it. Uh, and then you get to meet Jamie and yes. see her get her award. Well, oh congrats God. on that. Thank you. And what's next for you? I mean, I feel like you're such a busy girl, but I feel like it's not not stopping here. Um, what's next for me? Uh, a baby. Yes. Eventually, I would like to, my husband and I are, are practicing. So <laughs> we, um, you know, I, I was divorced and then was a single mom for seven years. And then I found my amazing husband and who, by the way, has just no idea what I'm doing half of the time, but he's just <laughs> supports me through it. And he's just like, that's great, babe. <laughs> And uh, every morning says, how many followers on Instagram? <laughs> so um, I think definitely, you know, focusing more on family life and how to find the balance between that all. That was my biggest fear was how do I balance everything? And what I realized is when you have the right person to do life with, then, you, you know, they're just, easy. they're just rooting you on. Yeah. Um, he's my biggest fan. So... So yeah, that's just that. And I really want to get to 100 women in 2019. So I think that we really need to, you know, boost, you know, our membership. And, you know, every year it's tough because it's like sometimes it's a one-woman show. And right, because it's in and out. People come in and out, right? All yeah, so we have, so Kim Rodstein is uh, one of our other founders, and Teria Charte, Deborah Kolsky, Karen Maravitz. Uh, they all founded Miami, all of us together, and we just pulled our networks together and you know, made it happen. Uh, and, and, you know, some of them have gone off to do some other wonderful things. You know, Karen was the chair of the Parkinson's foundation. So for moving day and, you know, there's so many things that, that, that go on, but we're always looking for new leadership and women who want to step up and help us grow. Okay. Well, it's good to know for mm -hmm. anybody that's yes. out there wanting to be a little bit more involved. Where can people reach you? Where, where can they connect with you? So best way to connect with me is either Instagram because I'm always on that thing now trying to build the audience. And um, I would say my email, jamie100wwc at gmail. Perfect. Perfect. So if anybody wants to connect with Jamie, now you know, you can email her. She's super inviting, nice. Open. And she's a connector. So if anybody's wanting to just kind of, you know, take some time out of their busy lives to give back, I think she's a great person to know. 
Yes. So thank you, Jamie. Thank, thank you. you for being here. And by the way, I love this podcast. Oh, and thank, so you. thank you. We'll make sure to share it because there's not enough women celebrating women. And I think this is an amazing podcast that cares. Thank you so you much. You did amazing. Yeah. You're thank a great you. speaker. Thank you. thank you. So thank you everyone for listening. You can follow us on our social media platforms at Girls Gone Boss. Make sure to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. We really appreciate those and read all of them. So make sure you leave us one. <laughs> yeah. Thank you guys so much for thank tuning in. Thank you for listening. In. Bye. See you next week. You're listening to Girls Gone Boss. Hosted by Alex and Gabby. I love you guys. Oh yeah.